Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask, oh Lord, that you speak expressly to our hearts this morning in Jesus' name. We believe that you're already here. You've been speaking with us. And even as we continue in this service, Lord, we say that none of us will leave the same in the mighty name of Jesus. We give you all the praise, Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I have a word for us this morning. And, you know, this, if we, if we think about the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus did so much. He said so many things. And sometimes we, we hear some of these things. Many of us, because of growing up from childhood, you know, there's some scriptures that we know because right from the time we could, you know, even begin to comprehend, we've been hearing it. And it's been instilled in us, true or false. And we quote some things. And unfortunately, some things are not in the scriptures, but we think they're in the scriptures because they sound very scriptural. True or false? Heaven helps those who help themselves. Does anyone know where that is in the Bible? It's not. But it sounds very, you know, very godly and and it, it got me thinking. It got me thinking because I was recent, reading a passage of scripture recently. And I had to ask myself, and my wife and I, we talked about this. Really, what, what, is, what was the Lord saying there? No, the Bible says that no prophecy of the scripture is of private interpretation. And I, I, I think it behoves us that as we study the word of God, we should try to understand what exactly is the Lord saying? Is there an underlying reason? Why is he saying what he's saying? How many people are last born? You're last born. <laughs> last born. Praise the Lord. You know, we're, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, right? God, God made us special, right? Okay, if you're a last one, stand up. <laughs> all right, see, we got, God, God, look, look at all these beautiful folks. God, God knew us, right? And he, he made us wonderfully. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Sit down. How many, how many people have heard this, this saying that David was abandoned in the field? How many people have heard that said? That when it came to, you know, anointing, that David was just left abandoned in the field. I sat down and I was thinking to myself that does the scripture really tell us that? I don't see that in the scripture. Yes. When Samuel came, you know, First um, Samuel 16, he, you know, he asked for the sons of Jesse. And Eliab, the firstborn, was brought. And he said, oh, you know, surely the Lord's anointed, very tall, handsome and all. And God said, no, I've rejected him. I heard another one recently 
And the, the preacher said that Eliab was rejected because his heart was wrong with God. And I, I asked myself, I'm not sure I read that in the Bible. Oftentimes, we, we and I think we preachers are guilty of this, we, we try to, you know, elaborate and expatiate on certain things. And sometimes we, we bring different interpretations to it. And I, so I, I thought to myself, Eliab, for all we know, God had a totally different plan for him. So in the context of kingship, it was not him. So if God was saying, I rejected him as king, doesn't mean he's all bad. It means I don't want him to be the king. He is not the one I want to be king. So Eliab's purpose in life was not to be king. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a purpose. Fast forward, he was actually a soldier. Remember in the battlefront, he was one of the ones that was fighting and David took foot to. David was in the field. What was he doing? Tending sheep. Are we told he was abandoned? No. That was probably his preparatory period. You know, I, I was reflecting on that. I thought to myself that as a last born, I mean, I'm, I'm actually the last of seven. Man, was I loved very much so. Did I work? My goodness. My goodness. You know, it, it was, I, I've shared this before, many might not remember. I, I had the audacity to tell my siblings that they can't even say please. And my eldest sister is 15 years older than me, so you can imagine. And, you know, I, I once said to her, I was like, no, you can't even say please. And that was the beginning of everything was always suffixed with please. But the clothes washing, the dish washing, they're going everything. But you hear, please. And you're washing your one shirt or trousers. The first one, please. Second one, please. Go to the market. I had the, the fortune of living very close to a major market. You go to the market, 10 minutes walk. I, I forgot the onion. You go back for one thing. Does that mean I was not loved? No. Was David loved? David was loved by his parents. We can't, we can't, we can't say he was not loved because he was doing what, you know, a task portion to him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Sometimes we, we should, we should, you know, when we read scriptures, there, there's some things that we read in the scriptures that could be literal. There's some things that could be figures of speech. But even if they're figures of speech, we have to ask ourselves, why were they being said? And what was the, you know, the message? What was the reason for what was being said? One such is the eye of the needle. Praise the Lord. You know, the eye of the needle. How many people are familiar with that phrase? If, if I ask us what, do we know where it is in the scriptures? Okay. Can I, can I ask someone 
a child again, I'm, I'm going to, a child that is under 12, to read Matthew 19, verses 23 and 24. Matthew 19, verses 23 and 24. It's first Sunday. It's, you know, it's a family service. We're all in. We're all engaged. Matthew 19, 20. It's been projected, so you can read it. Demola wants to read for us. See, my namesake is here. Then Jesus said, then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle that for than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Thank you very much. God bless you. You know, the, the context of this story, a rich young guy came to Jesus and, you know, was saying, you know, what do I have to do to get to heaven? Jesus told him, you know, honor your parents, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, do all that. And, you know, very assuredly, he said, I've been doing this since my youth. Now, I've kept all this. I've been doing that. No qualms. Is there anything else? I know sometimes when, when folks tell us, they give us instructions. If we tick all those boxes, we feel so proud of ourselves. Wow, I've been doing it from, you know, the get-go. Anything missing? And Jesus told him, you know, go sell everything you have. And I'm like, wow. Sell everything you have. You know, you can imagine his, his circumstance. We're told that he was rich. So very wealthy. And then Jesus says, sell everything you have and come follow me. And that really got him down, really got him worried. How can I do that? How would I survive? How would I sustain myself? And a thousand and one things would have been going through his mind at that point in time. I remember when I was coming to the UK in 2001, and I, I thought to myself, you know, I had a good paying job. I was coming to do full-time studies. And the first thought was, you know what? No work, nobody supporting. How would you cope? It, it, really, it really bugged me because I was well-paid. I was well paid, and I thought to myself, that source of income is going to go. <clears throat> 20 something years ago, you're going to be paying over 10 grand as a student. You're going to be feeding yourself as a student, no support from any parent. And to even leave my job, I, I remember then. There's, there's this song I love so much. Because I can't give up now. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me the road would be easy. Bye. That you've brought me this far to leave me. That, that was my song in that season. And that, that really sustained me. That, you know, God hasn't brought me this far to leave me. <clears throat> but you can imagine this man being told, sell everything you have. That, that would have been going through his mind. I would, I, how would I survive? What would I do? And, you know, he went away sorrowfully. 
That was why Jesus, you know, made that statement in verse 24. That, you know, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the high of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. <clears throat> now, I'm sure many of us have had different interpretations of this verse. Um, one of the most popular ones is that, you know, think in Jerusalem, there's a door in the world called the eye of the needle. How many of us have heard that? And that before, <clears throat> you know, that at night, the main door, the main gates are shut. And camels cannot, because it's a small door, camels cannot go with the burden they're carrying, any load they're carrying. They have to take off the load. And that even the camel has to bend or kneel in order to be able to get through. Some of us have heard that. It, it sounds plausible. Absolutely, it sounds plausible. Although someone said that, a commentary said that, you know, that even the physiology of the camel wouldn't allow the camel to walk on the bended knees. But because when we think about bended knees and we're thinking prayer, that, you know, it's going down in before the Lord in prayer, very plausible. However, <clears throat> that is one interpretation. Some scholars say that, you know, in the time of Jesus, there was no such thing as the gate, the door, the small door. But that is that. That, you know, so the essence of Jesus saying that is the difficulty, the challenge of, you know, being able to, you have to offload everything, leave every burden. Another interpretation says, actually, Jesus wasn't talking about a camel, but that he was talking about a rope. And that the, the Greek word for camel is very similar to rope. So camel, Greek word, camelon. Greek word for rope, camelos. They're very similar. So that actually maybe Jesus was saying, you know, a rope, like a ship's cable going through a needle. That it's so difficult. But we, we see the truth of the statement, if we read verses, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, if we just go down to verse 25 and 26, it says, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? Verse 26, but Jesus looked, but Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are. With men, this is. But with God. So if it is possible for a camel to bend down and get through a small gate. Does that qualify here? This is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So Jesus Christ was not talking about the difficult things. He was not talking about the, you know, hard to accomplish things. 
it was talking about impossibility. What does impossible mean? Some, somebody will say it means not possible, right? <laughs> if it's not possible, you cannot do it. It cannot be done. <clears throat> apart from science fiction. And there is nice apart from science fiction. Is it possible to walk through this wall? I didn't say break through the wall. Walk through the wall. Some people are nodding. If somebody is walking through walls from where I come from, man, uh, prayer, you know, you, the prayer shifts have started because that, that person is no longer human. Praise God. It says with men, this is impossible. Jesus Christ was speaking about impossibilities, not difficulties, not things that may put a strain on you, not things that may be slightly challenging, not things that may put you out of your way a bit, but that you will ultimately accomplish. Jesus Christ was talking about the things that, you know, in your wildest dreams cannot be achieved as a human being. By yourself, you cannot do it. But he's saying that with God, it is possible. So God can make a camel pass through a needle. That is God, not man. With God, all things. It didn't say some things. All things are possible. So what is that thing that you think it's, you know, unachievable? What is that thing that you think is unattainable? This thing speaks to mindsets. It speaks to mindset. Because if we, if we start thinking about the difficulties, or oh, it's, it's difficult, but it's achievable. Are we trusting ourselves or relying ourselves to do it? If we think about the impossible, but God is saying that with me, all things are possible. Then what is that thing that is coming your way? What is that thing that, you know, you've been written off from? What is that thing that you think cannot be done? Because God is saying that with him, it is possible. Praise the Lord. And, and you know, that, that is, as we go through this month, let us begin to, you know, operate at that level that is the God of possibilities is the God that makes the impossible possible. Those things that for whatever reason, you know, naturally men might say you're totally not qualified for something. You cannot achieve something, but what is God saying? And what has God said about you? I, I'm fond of saying, you know, making this statement that some people, do they have two heads? If, if it's been done before, why not you? And even if it hasn't been done before, why not you? Because you've got God with you. And if God is saying this is for you, why not you? So it's, it's, it's a challenge for us this morning. Shall we rise to our feet? And you, you're going to pray. We've, been, we've prayed about empowerment. We've prayed about the fact that, you know, God has given us authority. And I, I just want you to pray for yourself this morning or this afternoon as it is. That even as I continue in this month of February, I will change. I will reorientate my mindset. That I, I would not 
focus on my limitations, but I will focus on the God of impossibilities, the God that makes the impossible possible, and that everything that might seem to be impossible, that as I trust God, you know, going forward, that it will make a way for me. It will cause the impossible to be possible because the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, Jesus Christ said it, take him at his word. He said, this thing might seem impossible with men, but with God, all things are possible. Lord, make a way, cause the impossible to become possible for me. In Jesus' name, we pray. And so shall it be for you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.